You're listening to the E-Commerce Maven Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer, founder and e-commerce girl boss of the ethical fashion brand Encircled and the e-commerce coaching company Retail Bliss. This podcast is designed for e-commerce bosses who want to take their online store to the next level. Together, we'll take on your toughest challenges, motivate you to do the work, and give you all the tools and strategies necessary to build a sustainable and profitable online store. You deserve to make money doing what you love, and I can help. Let's get you started on creating that e-commerce brand of your dreams. You're listening to the e-commerce Maven podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. And today we're talking about a really interesting topic that I get asked about a lot is how I got from, you know, a couple thousand a month to 10,000 a month in my online store. So let's dig into that and talk more about making more money in your online store and how that works. So I started Encircled, my online e-commerce fashion brand, in late 2002. I had one website, I had just me, um, and I was working full-time when I was running it. And I had one product in two colors, one size. That's kind of all I was doing. Um, And at that time, that first kind of year that I launched, it was really up or down. I should actually pull open the spreadsheets to see what my sales were like, but... I mean, a really good month would probably be a couple thousand dollars a month. And then a bad month, I remember my worst month was $138, which I shouldn't laugh about because I'm sure some people listening are that, but I just remember it very vividly because it was just mortifying. Um, So if you're there, I've been there too. Um, And we've definitely grown a lot since then. we're not at 10k a month. I'll be honest. We're at a six solid, solid six figure months now in our online store. But um, that was not an overnight journey. And anybody who tells you that it is is a full oh crap. Because in my opinion, although you get people who blow up overnight, whether they were on Shark Tank or maybe they got a hit in the New York Times, for the most part, that is the exception. The rule is the entrepreneurs who grind day after day and put in the work and get results. So today I'm going to take you through kind of my mindset from how I got from those like couple thousand dollar months to 10k a month because 10k a month is like a good you know I think you can quit your job at that level depending on what your expenses are but and your margins of course but you can start to at least think about quitting your job if you're doing that I mean ideally I think you probably want to get up to 15 to 20k a month to quit your job because then you'll have a solid padding for um, paying yourself and stuff like that, which is super important. But let's talk about what it takes from my perspective on getting from a couple thousand to that 10K month. All right. So um, the first thing it takes, in my opinion, is consistency. So this is one of the biggest gaps I see I generally have a couple of types of clients. I don't do a ton of coaching anymore. Um, I do a lot of mentoring and stuff like that through Marie Forleo's B-School. And um, I do some coaching, but not. I just don't have a lot of time, to be honest, because I have a team of 12 now at Encircled, and it takes up most of my time. Um, But what I've seen as one of the biggest differentiators between brands that grow versus brands that don't is consistency. People who really take it seriously in their online business building process are people who show up consistently 
whether that's sending an email regularly or posting on social media, like people who are doing the work and getting it done, those are the people who are going to see results. And again, I mentioned it's not going to be an overnight success, but you know, sending out a newsletter, committing to that, doing it once a month or once a week, whatever is the routine for you and actually doing it. I promise you, if you're creating a high quality product and sending out something with value on a consistent basis, you will start to see a positive impact on your business. So consistency is so important, which can be really hard because at that couple thousand dollar level, you're probably, um, this is probably your side hustle and you probably don't have a ton of time. But if you have heart and you want to make it your full-time gig, then you need to absorb every single free minute you have to dedicate it to your business. That's what I did. And I believe that's what made the difference. I think having a side hustle is great. It's fine because you have that security blanket of a salary. But at the end of the day, you don't want to live your life like that forever. I mean, that's just, I mean, I guess some people do, but I would just, it's very like, I don't know. You don't want to work in your free time all the time, I guess is the point on two different jobs. It's just a lot of mind share. So I think consistency is super important. So showing up, doing the work and doing it over again on repeat. The second thing I would say is focus. So being really laser focused on what you want, what your goals are and how you're going to get there. So when I first launched Encircled, we had a PR agency that I largely couldn't afford. They were so expensive, but that was our focus. Our focus was on PR. It was on, um, getting products into the hands of editors and doing all kinds of stuff like that. And that was our focus and it really worked, but it only worked insofar as I had the PR agency. Once the PR agency was gone, I didn't really have much of a marketing plan. So if you are going to build a marketing plan and you aren't going to revolve it around one solo channel, which I don't recommend because that channel can always fall apart, pick two to three priority channels and focus on them, whether it's PR, Instagram, Facebook, email, whatever it is that you're focused on, maybe influencers, um, pick two or three and really go hard and deep on those channels because that's the only way that you're going to see results or see if it works. Again, we often get asked as consultants, coaches, whatever, like what is the magic solution? What's that silver bullet? And there isn't one. It really is so different. It depends on your audience, your product, your business, the market. Like there isn't one thing I can just tell you right now is just use that Instagram post and put on those hashtags and you'll be a millionaire. Like I know there's so many online courses selling you that kind of point of view, but that's just not real life. Honestly, that's not the way it works for most businesses. And if it does, and if I'm missing something here, please, (laughs) please email me because I'd love to hear it. I'd love to put a few hashtags on my next Instagram post and become a millionaire. It'd be great. Um, But a lot of that, like you see in the e-learning space, you see a lot of people just trying to themselves make money by selling you a good of like a bill of goods that they can't really actually deliver on. There's a lot of people teaching people to teach who've to teach business or something like that. They've never had a business. Like there's a lot of stuff you need to be wary of in that space. Um, but focus is really important. And I don't recommend like, again, like I said, like you can pick one channel, but um, I think that's a risky strategy. I would pick two to three, three max, I think 
would be my recommendation. But having that focus, so when I really started to shift from like that PR mindset, oh, that's my one channel, and I started thinking broader with my marketing plan, and I said, okay, I'm going to do PR, I'm going to do social media, and I'm going to do emails. That's when my business started to shift a lot because I had like a really focused plan and I knew exactly where I was going and when I was going there. The third thing that's super important when scaling your business up is measuring your ROI. So ROI basically stands for return on investment. So whether that's a return on your time or money, there's always something to be analyzed. And I always take the simple, like simplified approach of doing more of what works. So first in that strategy, you need to identify what is working. So I talk about this a lot on the podcast, but so many women do not look at analytics. Either they're scared or they don't know how to read them. They find them intimidating or they're not set up properly. They feel like they don't know what they're doing. So they just don't do it. There's a huge knowledge gap um, versus when you hang out with like, quite honestly, primarily male entrepreneurs in the e-commerce space, they're all about conversion and funnels and very technical. And I don't know where that comes from. That may come from like just generally women being pushed less towards mass and sciences, like really legacy, like cultural stuff. But generally that's kind of what I see is women doing a lot of stuff and not really measuring their impact. There's of course exceptions to that, but that's my generalization. Um, But so what you want to do is really understand your impact of what you're doing. Again, like I said before, there's no silver bullet solution. So you are going to have to invest and try some things. And the biggest waste of trying things. So like the best thing of trying things is you find out, do they work or don't they work? The biggest loss is when you try something and whether or not it works or doesn't work, you don't know the answer to that question. So let's say you do a market and you pay $100 for a table and maybe you make $600 in sales, um, but you never really measure what that cost to you was. Now, from a simple perspective, you may say, okay, well, I made $600 in sales. The booth cost me $100, so um, I made $500. Well, that's not actually true. So there was the cost of your product. So let's say you have 50% margin for simplicity. So you actually only made $250. And then you have your parking, which was $10. And then you had you know, some decorations, which were like another $50. And then you're left with somewhere around like $175. Then you didn't pay yourself for that time that you were at the show and the setup, which was like another eight hours. So let's say eight hours times, let's say 20 bucks an hour. And now you've made no money. So oftentimes I see entrepreneurs making the mistake of looking at ROI based on um, gross figures, not net. So looking at, okay, well, we did $5,000 on that sale, but what did you actually net from that? And that takes into what your product costs to make and coming to an actual number and actually, yes, paying yourself because eventually you are going to have to pay yourself. So you need to get into that mindset. So measuring ROI is super important, not just for in-person events, if you're going to go that route, but also for online. So as an example, if you're going to partner with that blogger, who's really focused, for example, on natural beauty products, and she wants $150 plus a few free products to do a blog post and a giveaway, then what you're going to want to do is get a link um, from her that's like customized and track it back in Google Analytics and see like how much traffic is she driving? How much revenue is that driving for you? 
Um, are there other metrics you can put in there that might be, you know, less tangible, like maybe some brand credibility, or maybe you got some Instagram followers from her post or something like that. Like you have to always be thinking about how something you're doing is working. Otherwise you're just doing a bunch of stuff and potentially wasting a lot of effort, just like working on stuff and not knowing what the outcome is. Once you hone in on what actually works, then you can do more of it, which is really important. So I'll give you an example of an ROI decision that I made recently. Um, we had a banner ad for a long time on a blogger site. Um, and it was quite expensive, but it used to generate a decent amount of traffic and revenue. And then she changed her structure where the banner ad became further embedded in her site. So you have to really go deep into a blog post to get it. And there was like five fairly similar competitive brands who also had banner ads. So that's never good as well. So our click-through rates, our traffic was dropping. And when I looked at it, honestly, on a year-to-date basis, like we didn't even come close to breaking even on revenue um, basis. And when you talk about cost, obviously that's a whole different perspective. And yes, one could argue, well, maybe those customers purchase something else later on, but like certain stuff, you know, if you look at a customer lifetime value, which is a figure that a lot of startups talking about, it's like, how much is a customer going to spend with you in a lifetime? A lot of those are really estimated figures because nobody really has that much data. So they play around with a lot of data to come up with a number. Um, But it can be really risky when you're a smaller business to just invest in something and say, okay, well, yeah, I lost money on that, but they're going to purchase more. To have that mindset is just like really dangerous. So I try to look for stuff that initially have like a positive ROI just from the outtake without the assumption that somebody's going to keep purchasing. Um, The exception on that would probably be Facebook ads, but we can go into that whole thing some other time. So testing and learning is something I also think is super important from becoming more boss and scaling up your business. So that idea of doing stuff, finding out from your customers what they think, making alterations or changes, and then going forward. So an example of this for me would be, um, we see a good example. Yeah. The Evolve Top, like one of our products, when I originally launched it, We love that product. Customers thought it was great, but the snaps were always different color than the shirt, which caused some people some grief. And um, so we started hand dyeing snaps, which is like a bit of a process, but people loved it. And that top has five-star reviews now. So if you can think of like little tweaks you can make to products or the way you handle services, that can be really important to scaling up your business. Um, And the last thing I think is super important is being about your scaling up your business is being really mindful about it. Like doing it slowly and methodically is really important. You will experience like times of higher growth. We're in a super high growth time in circle right now, which can be really exciting, but it can also be really scary. But again, coming back to that mentality of like figuring out what works and doing more of it. So like, do you have a product that is just like your number one product and but then you're making all these other weird products and nobody else is buying. So think about that. Like what are the products? So what 20% of your products drive 80% of the sales? Do you know the answer to that? So I know for sure at Encircle, the three products that drive most of our sales, and it is my mission this year to try and keep them in stock at all times. Because I know if those products are in stock, we're doing really well. 
Um, and the challenge has been with our supply chain. One of those products for sure we haven't been able to keep in stock, um, which is a good bad problem. We can go into that one some other time. I know I've talked about it a little bit, but think about what's working. So like if you're a jewelry designer, for example, do you have a certain metal that generates most of your sales? Maybe you should launch another collection in that metal. So instead of trying to diversify your product line and add all this new stuff, like, is there something you can do within your existing products to make them richer or more valuable to your customers? That to me, I think is really important because people can get really lost in product collections and I know creative types, um, personally, because I am one, you want to do more stuff and create more and it's really fun. But at the end of the day, like if you have SKUs, so that's stock keeping units that are generating like 0.001% of your sales, you shouldn't have them. I remember when I was at Lady Speedstick slash Colgate and we would do this thing every year where we call it like, I guess we call it like a SKU harmonization effort, but it was basically an effort to like discontinue SKUs that weren't performing. So if they were less than a certain percentage of market share, we would actually cut them, take them out of um, production and discount them and sell them off to um, what we would call slobs, slow moving obsolete um, discount warehouses and stuff like that. So that was a regular practice. They would take the bottom like 10% and cut them off. So like, what are those products that you make that like nobody ever buys? And don't get like too emotional about this because maybe you make something and you love it and you think it's so great, but like nobody's buying it. At that point, like you need to not make that anymore because the investment in the materials could be killing your business and holding you back. So figure out again, what are those 20% of your products that are driving 80% of your revenue? And you can find that information in your Shopify dashboard. So that comes back to analytics as well. Like spending time with your Shopify dashboard, your Google analytics, getting super comfortable with that is incredibly key to scaling up your business to that 10K level. So I hope you guys found this helpful. I'll definitely try and do more of these kind of lessons learned um, podcasts for you as I go forward. If you have any comments or questions, please leave them in the blog post at the bottom. I'll try to get them as soon as possible, or you can hit me up on Instagram at Christy Sumer and we'll touch base there. All right. Have a great day. Bye. you so much for tuning into the e-commerce maven podcast i'm your host christy sumer e-commerce boss extraordinaire of encircled.ca and founder of retail bliss if you'd like to check out the show notes they're available for you at retailbliss.ca and click on blog and search for the latest episode if you'd love to keep in touch i would too so check me out on instagram that's where i hang out the most at christy sumer that's k-r-i-s-t-i-s-o-o-m-e-r Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing awesome. Any small step is a step in the right direction. Keep up the work and we'll see you guys next week. Take care.